You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Carbonac is back and in the cloud. Ghosted Mid quietly assembles a few good bots. Malware writers troll security researchers on Virus Total. Oracle issues a big patch. Apple is said to be preparing a smaller one. M&A activity is in the news. Australia investigates fallout from the Yahoo breaches. Experts warn European election officials and politicians to be on the lookout for bears. And U.S. President Obama issues some pardons and commutations. General Cartwright and Private Manning are on the list. Not so, Mr. Snowden. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, January 18, 2017. Some developments in cybercrime appear at midweek. The Carbonac financial fraud gang is back, and according to Forcepoint researchers, it's quietly hiding its command and control within legitimate Google services. The malware is embedded in a trojanized rich text file, typically delivered as an image, which the victim is invited to open with a double click. Upon doing so, VBScript malware executes. Once established, it sends and receives commands via Google Apps Script, Google Sheets, and Google Forms services. Traffic to these legitimate services is unlikely to trip warnings, and so lends stealth to the criminal campaign. Carbonac hoods, working mostly from Russia, Ukraine, and China, are interested for the most part in stealing data and credentials from financial institutions, which they subsequently employ in fraud. Some estimates place their cumulative take at around a billion dollars. Its use of cloud services strikes many analysts as disturbing. There's also some new bot-herding malware out and about. Unlike the well-known Mirai malware, this code, called GhostAdmin, isn't targeting the Internet of Things, nor is it optimized for distributed denial-of-service attacks. Instead, it enables remote execution of commands on infected machines and aims at data theft and exfiltration. Malware Hunter Team has described GhostAdmin to Bleeping Computer. The researchers regard it as a descendant of the older crime scene malware. Bleeping Computer has an interesting account of how malware authors are trolling security researchers on Virus Total. In addition to conventional abusive trolling and defamation, they're also voting malware samples harmless. The object of their wrath is the aforementioned malware hunter team, who've been at work, of course, on Ghosted Men. Bravo to the researchers at Malware Hunter Team. May they prevail over the trolls. In patch news, Oracle has released its first quarterly security update of the year, and it's large. Some 270 patches will keep Oracle admins busy and gainfully employed. And Apple is said by ThreatPost to be working on patches for vulnerabilities in iTunes in the App Store, disclosed Monday by Vulnerability Labs. The Yahoo breaches may or may not have soured the deal with Verizon, which as far as we've heard is still proceeding, but they are receiving attention from investigators in Australia. Prime Minister Turnbull has ordered an inquiry into the effects of those breaches on members of his government. Many organizations consider threat hunting a critical part of their cybersecurity strategy, going after malware that their automated systems may have missed. We checked in with David Bianco from Squirrel, a cleverly named company that specializes in threat hunting, for his take. Some people think that hunting is actually the end goal, like finding the bad guys is the end goal of hunting, which makes perfect sense, but I think is actually not true. 
Um, the reason that I recommend organizations do hunting is not so that they can really find bad guys in their network. It's actually so that they can drive the automation to be better at finding bad guys. They find new ways to discover security incidents that they're concerned about, and then they automate those ways. If you think about it, that makes even a lot more sense because you don't want to tie up the human analysts doing the same hunts over and over. So you find a useful hunt and maybe you've, you found something that really was actually malicious data exfiltration. You said, great, this technique works and I want to be able to run it every day, every week, however often, but you don't necessarily want to tie up a human's time doing all that. So the correct thing to do with that then would be to create more of an automated analytic that you can run on a schedule and review the outputs rather than having spend somebody's time to do the data searching and the the analysis technique manually you automate all that and so that frees up your your hunters to go and create new and different hypotheses or or work on new and different or improved analysis techniques so that they can further their um, automated detections effectiveness. My main advice when it comes to getting started with threat hunting is don't be afraid to start small and build on that. You can get benefits from hunting with not even having a dedicated hunting team, just having some people doing it on a part-time basis. The, you know, the more organization and strategy you can bring into the process, the better that you will be. But it doesn't mean that if you don't have a fully mature hunting team right off the bat, that you shouldn't bother doing it. You definitely should do hunting to the, the level that you're capable of doing now and build on that over time so that you can build up that uh, level of maturity. That's David Bianco from Squirrel. In other news involving mergers and acquisition, Bitdefender has bought French security partner Profile, and Kodelsky is acquiring MS Technologies. Microsoft has announced its purchase of natural language processing shop Maluba, and Hewlett Packard Enterprise is buying hyperconvergence vendor Simplivity. French security agencies warn that country's politicians to expect unwelcome attention in cyberspace. Eugene Kaspersky is delivering a similar message, telling the World Economic Forum to expect a range of cyber attacks during Europe's 2017 elections. He expects this threat to grow worse and worse, and says that candidates in German and French elections particularly should expect attacks and take steps now to upgrade their security. Kaspersky declines to offer any attribution of the famous attacks on U.S. political targets. Attribution, he says, is tricky, and his company wasn't asked to perform it in any case. The prime animal of interest in the threat to elections, of course, remains Fancy Bear, of DNC hack fame. That's, roughly speaking, the conclusion of researchers at ThreatConnect, CrowdStrike, and FireEye. U.S. President Obama, in his last week in office, pardons former Marine General Cartwright for his conviction of lying to investigators looking into Stuxnet leaks. He also commutes the sentence of Private Manning, convicted of giving classified information to WikiLeaks. Note that this form of clemency is a commutation, not a pardon. Manning will leave prison in May after serving seven years of a 35-year sentence. The pardon and commutation both received decidedly mixed reviews. It's unclear whether WikiLeaks's Julian Assange will honor his pledge to accept extradition to the U.S. in the event of Manning's release, 
Some sources are saying yes, others no. Assange is currently under investigation by U.S. authorities. Absent from the list of pardons is one for Edward Snowden, former contractor at NSA and current resident of Moscow. Mr. Snowden did send a congratulatory shout-out in Private Manning's direction. In any case, the Russian foreign minister has said that Mr. Snowden's temporary residency permit would be extended for a few more years. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me once again is Rick Howard. He's the CSO at Palo Alto Networks. He also heads up their Unit 42 Threat Intel team. Uh, Rick, you all have a white paper that you published. It's called First Principles for Network Defenders, a Unified Theory for Security Practitioners. Uh, that sounds uh, sounds pretty serious. Sounds like there might be a lot of math in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, but I will tell you that there is no math. I just point <laughs> to it a lot. Well, what's What's the paper about? Well, I got inspired by this. I was reading uh, Elon Musk's biography last summer. And uh, and regardless of what you think of Mr. Musk, whether you love him or hate him, one thing you can t say about him is he doesn't go after little bitty problems. He goes after these giant, hairy, uh, big problems that nobody wants to touch. You know, the electric car, uh, solar panels, uh, you know, put a person on Mars by 2025. Mm -hmm. And his philosophy on dealing with these problems is he doesn't want to take the next incremental step of what everybody else has done. He takes a, a blank whiteboard and says, okay, or we're going to do this. We're going to figure out how to do it from scratch, and we're going to understand everything from the ground up about how to do this. So in other words, he's a first principle thinker. So having been inspired by all that, I said, I wonder what the first principles for network defenders are. And that's how we started uh, down this path with this white paper. And so uh, what did you discover? What, what are security's first principles? Well, I mean, I'm, looking, I'm thinking about it, and i got a blank whiteboard now, and I'm, I'm looking around. I don't want to do what anybody else has done. I'm saying, well, what is the thing 
if I if I boil everything down to what I should be doing, if I give you the elevator pitch of what uh, the, our security organization does, we do a gazillion things, and every network defender in their day job does a gazillion things. But if you could boil it down to what is the essential thing, the atomic thing that we do, and what would you say that is? And the conclusion I came up with is our job is to prevent material impact to our organization. And that sounds really simple, okay? But when you think about all the things that we do and how we get distracted with, you know, kind of bright, shiny objects every day, um, it helps to focus on those things. Because every organization faces many, many kinds of attacks. Uh, I would say not, you know, 70% of them are material to the business. So, for example, if somebody uh, uh, defaces my commercial website, yeah, that's embarrassing to me, but it's not going to be material to my company. Um, a more lucrative or, or more material impact would be someone stealing our intellectual property. That's the thing I'm going to get uh, fired for. So I think we should focus on those kinds of things, and that would be the first principle, I think, uh, going forward. Wouldn't if your website was defaced? Certainly, there would be people in the organization, you know, screaming that we're we're having reputational damage and things like that. Uh, they absolutely would. Okay, and uh, and yes, in in some organizations that might be a major disaster. In some organizations, it might not have any influence at all. I'm just saying you have to decide what is material to your organization and focus on those things. And kind of, you'd still have to deal with the other stuff, but I wouldn't put it in the in the top first priority queue. All right, Rick Howard, uh, the, the white paper is First Principles for Network Defenders, a Unified Theory for Security Practitioners. Check it out. Thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. <laughs>